Everyone struggles with fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, or some emotional issue. But what if I told you that you could exchange that life for one of victory? Are you interested? My name is Mark McKinn, and I'm joined with Dr. John Woodward. And together, we want to guide you into a complete and victorious identity in Christ. Our desire is for everyone to know Christ as Savior, Lord, and life, so that you can live victoriously, disciple strategically, and counsel effectively. Welcome to Glimpses of Grace. Welcome to Glimpses of Grace, episode number 25. I am really excited about this episode, and it might sound a little different, but we are going to talk about how to survive the holidays. So we're recording this. It is in December. You know, Christmas is around the corner. We just got out of Thanksgiving. Now, I have to ask you, John, and I need you to be really honest with me. Are you a decorate before Thanksgiving or decorate after Thanksgiving type of guy? I'm after. After? Yep. Ah, oh, man. I'm a before. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I, I'm, I'm, I might get some hate on this. So I hope I don't. <laughs> but to me, like Thanksgiving is a part of the holiday that's Christmas. Like Christmas is the holiday for me. So it's sort of like we're building up to that. We just have a day where we eat and we give thanks. So, you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm not a big Halloween guy. So, like, I start listening to Christmas music maybe toward the end of October, just here and there. But, like, November 1st, it's game on for me wow. with all of the holiday. I mean, like, I am, I'm, I'm Christmas movie watching. I'm, I'm doing all the music. We decorate, like, mid November. So, that's because in Thanksgiving, you're watching football. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, it's so much work too. Like, I mean, I met someone and they decorate, they get their tree and decorate it on Christmas Eve. And then the day after Christmas, everything goes back. I'm like, that's a lot of stuff for two days. Like, I just want to enjoy it. So, and then we, we have ours up for a little bit. So I know for those of you that don't, maybe not know our, my past and my, uh, family situation, but my youngest son is adopted from Ethiopia. So Ethiopian Christmas is January the 7th, I think. So we actually keep our Christmas stuff up and then put it up on the 8th of January after Ethiopian Christmas. So, Well, there'll be a few listeners that think, I'm a minimalist. Guys, you're, you're, uh, you've got a lot of extra work to do to get all those decorations up. But friends, we've got uh, Liberty, Romans chapter 14 says, whether we put up a couple or a uh, couple dozen decorations, as long as we're doing it out of a glad and thankful heart. Yeah. Well, I, I'm excited to get into this topic, but I'm also excited to hear the word that you have for us today. So where's that coming from? It'll probably be appropriate to uh, mention that famous birth announcement from the angels in Luke chapter 2, where we read in um, verse 9, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill 
toward men. What an amazing and glorious birth announcement. I love it. In fact, I think about this every time I hear it. God gets the glory, we get the peace. I just love that. And like I mean, the shepherds, just... we need to go and confirm it and share the good news. One of my favorite parts of that story is the shepherds, because these are guys who are in the standards of Judaism, unclean, and cannot enter into the temple. But yet they are the first evangelists of the king. So here they are. I mean, they're in the they're in the field doing what they do, and then boom, the glory shows up, and then they leave everything, right? I mean, it's just totally gospel. I mean, here they are. We're going to leave everything. They leave the sheep, make haste. They run to find what the angel said is true, and then they can't stop talking about it. it I mean, that should be our story. When we get the call, when, when, when Christ is calling us to himself, leave all of the old behind because it's not going to help you anymore. And you will find what is true is there. It's going to change you. You're a new creation. And then don't stop talking about it. I just love it because you can imagine people are like, what is the shepherd boy over here talking about? Like the king? What? I just love it. I love Christmas. And the nativity accounts are always fresh. They're always relevant, full of applications. And can you imagine how Mary and Joseph would have been shocked by these shepherds showing up with this report of the angelic announcements that we just heard? It must have been a real encouragement for them. And the scripture says Mary treasured these things in her heart, and we need to as well. I have a pet peeve. Can I get it off my chest? Might as well. Please move your wise men from the baby Jesus. They didn't get there till like 18 months to two years later. Kind of put them on the other table. They're on the way. They're just not there yet. That's a good point because they don't they don't show up at this table. They show up. The text says at a house, right in Matthew right. two. Right. So, um, yeah, be be a bit later. Yeah, to a young boy, not an infant. Yeah. So anyway, that's just mm-hmm. my that's my pet peeve. All right. So let's talk about surviving the holidays. Now we were talking a little bit before we started. There are some great things with holidays, and uh, you you had a couple that you were mentioning. So w- what are some of your exciting things. It's the holiday. I'll give you one of mine. You know, now that I have a a child who's away at college, he just got home. So, you know, holidays are great. Everybody's under one roof. Mama's happy. I'm happy. You know, there's a lot of good feelings that are associated. So before we jump into the surviving, because that's talking about the negative side of the holiday, what are some positive things? Well, you mentioned uh, listening to music. Uh, My wife is the choir director at our church, and uh, we had a cantata Yesterday, I was in the choir, and we've uh, been so blessed to prepare that music. And as you practice uh, and sing these Christmas carols, they're just so worshipful. They're so edifying. So I, I love the Christmas music as well that uh, is familiar to, to so many of us. And also um, the opportunity to show our love for one another through um, meaningful uh, gestures, correspondence, gifts, phone calls. And so it's a time to connect. And uh, uh, we send out... Um, uh, correspondence here from Grace Fellowship, and often uh, it's really the holiday that uh, gives us that nudge to say, all right, I haven't been in touch with um, with this person for a while, so I just want to reach out and, and, and express our love and appreciation to them. So it's a time of reconnection, a time of fellowship, a time of worship. So um, like the song says, it's the most wonderful time of the year yeah. in many ways. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's amazing. But in that, there are some things that we have to deal with, right? And not just getting run over in the parking lot trying to get to the mall. 
there's some real stuff. And, and we, we have three things that we want to talk about. And in fact, you know, John, I really want to say instead of surviving the holiday, I want to say let's learn how to thrive in and during the holiday. Amen. So let's talk about these three. So the first one is some people are going to struggle during the holiday because of grief. And that could be, you know, really grieving something they lost, but it could also be grieving someone they lost. Um, in fact, I was on a coaching call and and there was some grief, but it wasn't that they lost an individual. It was that they had lost their job. And, and they were speaking of a couple of Christmases ago, but, it, you know, I was thinking, whoa, you know, he had to say to his wife, and this was even including the gifts they had purchased their kids, but he said, is there any gift that you haven't unwrapped? And she's like, well, yeah, I mean, everything's still got tags. I haven't wrapped it. He said, take them all back. I just lost my job. And so f- to feed the kids, we have to take all the Christmas presents back. So there was grief there. So let's talk a little bit about that um, and, and talking about how do we survive, how do we thrive in the midst of this holiday knowing that we're grieving. And grief is a, a journey for all of us. It depends on the nature of the loss, uh, the severity of it. And, and we grieve in different ways, but there is a time factor. And sometimes um, as we approach the holidays, we have memories of loved ones with us, and uh, their places empty the table. They're not in the family circle, and so that is a, a trigger um, where we will uh, experience that that loss in a different way. But you know, that's it's healthy as part of the grieving process. The Lord says we are to to weep with those who weep, and we have the Lord who can comfort us. He's tested in all points like we are, and so he he's able to uh, give grace and help in those times of need. So. In our family, um, my my mother went to be with the Lord when I was 19. Um, my sister, two years younger than me, is with the Lord. Uh, our daughter, Sarah, um, mm. has passed on four years ago. So uh, here at Grace Fellowship, uh, our mentor, Charles and Sue Solomon, are with the Lord. So we we often, at Christmas and, and special days like this, remember them, grieve that they're missing. But then we have um, the opportunity to... Uh, draw that grace from fellowship with our uh, fellow believers and ultimately from the throne of grace to find that comfort that we need. And you said something that I think is really important, and that is it's okay that we're grieving. Because I think sometimes what's happening is, you know, let's say one individual begins to grieve and maybe because it's Christmas or because it's Thanksgiving, but this is this is applicable in any day. This could be like the birthday party or even on a Sunday that you're dealing with people. So it's this is this is helpful, I think, in every situation. But it's almost like when that person grieves, we want them to stop, as if that is a negative thing. But the way you're talking is it, it can be a positive because it's a part of the grieving process where, you know, hey, I'm looking over and that's where mom used to sit and, and mom's not sitting there, especially if this is the first Christmas mom's not right. sitting there. But it could be the, the 12th year. And it's still okay that we have a little bit of sadness. But then also, as you said, we're, we're, we mourn, we grieve, but not as those without hope. So we realize, hey, you know, if mom's in Christ, then mom's in a better place. The separation that's caused, that's what I'm mourning for. And um, and then I think also being able to see that, you know, I don't want that to be my only focus for the holiday. So mm-hmm. I want to focus on, you know, the grandkids or the kids or the cousins, the people, you know. So focusing on 
all of it, not just on the negative side of it. Because as you said, the, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord and our loved one. And Christ would want us uh, not only to, to miss them, but to have our eyes on the Lord, who is our source of joy and consolation and hope. Yeah, every time I get a, a notification uh, that someone's passed, in fact, I just had a death in my family as well, I always go to what the psalmist says, precious in the sight of the Lord is, is the death of his saints. And I remember the first time when trying to get my mind wrapped around that verse, I was like, how is it precious? And then I realized death is the vehicle that takes us all home. You know, and, and think about it, John, there's nothing like going home, just even on a Tuesday or Monday. I mean, you're just, you driving home, there is nothing like walking into the house, you know, especially when my kids were little, you know, they used to run up like, daddy, and, and you know, just hug you, your wife's, hey, babe, you know, how was your yeah. day? There's just nothing like that. Well, we're, we have, we get to look forward to that for eternity, like going into an, a, a joyous, eternal celebration that will never end. But unfortunately, death unless the Lord comes back, is that vehicle that takes us there. And um, and so I think, I love that you said that. So we're, we're going to adhere to and say, hey, man, that there's some sadness there, but we're also going to focus in on all of the positive things that are going on as well. Because we can have joy and peace, even though we still have that element of grief and sorrow that we're dealing with. That's right, because mm-hmm. that is Christ. Yes. All right, another one is stress. This is a big one. You know, and maybe that stress is I got a thousand things to do. I have a thousand places to be. Everybody wants a party, right? And then as we get older, that doesn't stop. So that's all my kids have got a school party. They got sports parties. My grandkids have got parties. And of course, I have to be at every one of those. And then, you know, I, I got to decorate. And so, you know, I started mine early. So you might have a little bit more <laughs> stress with that. But then they, I got to buy gifts. And John, I don't know if you've been looking around lately, but everything is more expensive now than ever. And it seems like everything gone up went up except my paycheck, right? So how are we dealing with that? Because, I mean, now it's just the stress, and now that creates some anxiety because I'm like, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to get this done? How am I going to fit all this into my schedule? And next thing you know, it's December the 26th. I didn't even enjoy the holiday because it stressed me out. Well, counselors talk about not only stress in terms of the kind of pressures you you describe, but also they call it you stress, which means there can be a good stress. I mean, having the family over uh, for Christmas dinner and, and you're the cook, uh, there may be um, excitement, you may enjoy it, and yet there's a lot on your plate in more ways than one. And so it can be a happy experience, and yet that's stressful too, and it can take a, a toll on us emotionally and, and even physically. Uh, it reminds me of the passage in Luke chapter 10 about dear Martha and Mary. <laughs> Poor Martha often uh, held up as an example of someone who's just really uh, totally stressed out, mm-hmm. uh, trying to prepare um, a huge meal, and it was well-intentioned and, and uh, so forth. And yet, in the passage, Mary chooses chooses the better thing, which is to take this opportunity to listen to the Son of God who's in their home. Right, And so... Um, I think the moral of the story is that there's a there's a time to cook and give hospitality, which is great, but there's also a time uh, to take those sacred moments and to realize what our priority should be to practice, you know, God's presence. So I think I tend to shift toward the Martha side um, because of uh, my long to do list. So I need to keep reminding myself, all right, that to do list needs to get done, but I need to practice God's presence and realize that 
that uh, it's not about getting all the checklists done, but about Christ living through me and uh, enjoying walking with Him um, and how that rolls out. I think it's also maybe give some freedom here to some people to say, you don't have to go to everything, right? I mean, you don't have to be everywhere present. That's not your role. Um, Be where you need to be, do what you need to do. But, you know, maybe some years the decorations just need to be minimal and not because of anything else, just because it's a crazy season of life. And uh, the big one is, is you know, you don't have to buy your kids everything they want. In fact, that might be the worst thing to do. You and I have talked about this before. Years ago, I realized my kids were getting just tons and tons of stuff. So my wife and I decided we're going to do a want, a read, a need. So you get one thing you want, one thing you need, and one thing to read. And, um, and of course, now that sometimes that want might be a couple of small things or the need might be a couple of small things like clothes. You might get a little bit of clothes because you need some clothes. Or uh, this year, I think uh, one of my boys needs shoes. And so he, you know, he's got a cool pair of shoes he wanted. And, um, you know, and, and this is different than what you're buying all throughout the year, right? So this might be a little bit special pair of shoes that, uh, you know, we're not looking for the sale where you get what you want. But um, it just it kind of eliminates the stress. Like, I don't need to go buy 10 things for each kid and then feel like I'm bankrupt the whole month of January or I'm in debt. Uh, I was hearing somebody talk about how uh, the statistic of how many people are paying in December this year for the gifts they bought last year. That's a lot of stress. Right. And often we're dealing with stress that's self-imposed, maybe because we just assume that we have to make everyone happy, that we have to do things the way they've always been done. And we call that performance-based acceptance, Mm. that I have to keep all these plates spinning. But there's a real liberty in uh, simplifying. Right. Our Lord says, come unto me, all you're weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I think that includes rest in a variety of ways, that there's a simplicity of abiding in Christ and then partnering with Him and saying, Lord, uh, how should I worship you at this uh, time of the year? And in my culture and in my subculture, in my family, and uh, how can that be done in a way that's balanced and healthy? And yes, there's flexibility, there's liberty in our individual conscience. Uh, you mentioned how you and your wife uh, developed a guideline. It's really neat when husband and wife are on the same page about those things. But just realize that maybe some of my stress is self-imposed because I think I have to measure up. But in this podcast, we have been discovering more and more that, that in Christ uh, we are accepted, and therefore we uh, can rest in Him and then realize it's not about me trying to meet all these expectations of everyone else or even my own, but just having the simplicity of abiding in Christ and enjoying his blessings as they come. That's great. And that's the reason why we have this season. Yeah. We don't have the season for the decorations, parties, and gifts. It's to really remember Christ. Amen. So, John, let me give you this last one because this is the one that um, may be the hardest and that is, how do we survive? How do we thrive in the midst of the holiday season? Because this season is going to put me near people who've hurt me. So we have on the podcast before talked about rejection and how rejection, the lack of meaningful love, uh, which we all have experienced, how that is affecting me. Maybe I've, I've built walls or I've you know become this type of person to insulate myself. But how do we deal with this? Because what if the person who hurt me is in my family? 
And now, whether it was Thanksgiving, it is the birthday party, it is Christmas, or maybe even I go to church with this person. But yet, maybe some of the most difficult moments of my life, they're in it and not in a positive way. So how do we deal with that? Well, you've mentioned the term responding, you know, rather than reacting. If we think of a, a cup being filled with water, if it gets bumped, you know, the water comes out. And we want to be so filled with love, joy, and peace that when we get bumped, you know, by criticism or misunderstanding, um, that uh, that love, joy, and peace will, will uh, spill out. So we're not saying that we don't have some emotional uh, dissonance when we're in difficult relationships and, and have sad memories, but when you and I have talked about um, the Christ-centered life and, and how this relates to counseling and discipleship, and when we talk about Philippians chapter 4, that amazing chapter, remember when Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, what was the context of him writing that? Yeah, well, John, he, he was in prison, so I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and of course, that's what he's writing in a Roman prison. So we certainly had difficult relationships, difficult circumstances. He's not saying that uh, the handcuffs didn't hurt or that his bed was soft or that the Romans were were friendly. He's saying that Christ is meeting my needs from within. Mm -hmm. And also that's the context of verse 19, that my God will meet all of our ultimate needs through his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So as we go into relationships at work with family, with friends, and we have these tension filled moments, these um, relationships that tend to rub us the wrong way. May we just have extra grace uh, to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. And John, I think it's important to to understand there's a difference between forgiveness and trust. I, and I think sometimes we, we get those mixed up, and then that's why we don't want to forgive, because we can't trust. You know, I'll use the example, let's say, you know, you jump up from the table there and come over at the table and push me down. Um, And then you ask me to forgive you, and I do, but we sit down to do something else, and you jump up real quick. If I slide my chair back, you may say, oh, you know, you didn't forgive me. I'll say, oh, no, no, I, I forgave you. I don't trust you. And I think it's important as we're going into this holiday season and you're going to be around these people who have hurt you, you can forgive them, but still work on the trust issue because forgiveness is immediate, but trust takes time. And when I was pastoring, I would always try to help people to see the difference there. You know, I am forgiving because I've been forgiven, and I am forgiving much less than what I've done to Christ. No matter if what they've done to you is heinous and crazy, you've done some bad things toward God and yet he forgave you. So, you know, picture this. When you're forgiving that individual, really what you're doing is unlocking a prison so that you no longer are in a prison of bitterness. And it doesn't mean that you're saying that that person should walk away from consequences. They still could have some consequences. They need to. But what you're saying is, I'm going to surrender that over to the Lord, and I'm going to let God deal with those consequences because he'll do it better than I will. And so I just think it's important that if you're, you know, maybe you're not looking forward to Christmas or you're not looking forward to the birthday that's coming up, you're not looking forward to Sunday, and it's not because, and maybe you're even thinking, maybe I need to go to another church, and and that's a different conversation. Maybe you should, um, you know, if you can't worship because of a person who hurt you is there. But as we're talking about the holidays, it's saying, hey, I forgive whoever, and and it's okay that I'm, I maybe don't want to be in a room all by myself having a conversation. That doesn't mean you haven't forgiven them. It just means 
they just haven't earned your trust back. And so, you know, have that conversation. Maybe it's with your spouse. Please don't leave me alone at this house because this person said something last time and it hurt me and I don't want to be hurt again. And so you got to communicate. I think that's important, especially when we're dealing with, you know, all of these. Communicate your grief. Communicate your stress. Communicate your hurt. Um, allow, you know, allow people that are close to you to pray for you. Communicate that with your spouse so that they can help, you know, in an essence, right, protect you. And just say, oh, that person's coming. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take my spouse over here and have a conversation. And many times you can do that. That's such a relevant topic, Mark, because in the holidays, we're often um, in additional gatherings of relationships. And whenever we're dealing with relationships, forgiveness is probably going to be needed in some form or fashion. So you described letting yourself out of the prison. We might call that relinquishing, giving that to God. But then when you talked about gaining trust, we might call that restoration. And restoration is a process, isn't it? Yeah. It, it takes time. It takes demonstrated uh, goodwill and love. Um, and so it's okay to um, be discerning as to what stage of restoration is in place or not in place and make those those adjustments. So I think that's a really helpful insight. We have a really great resource that we use in one of our seminars on forgiveness. If you're struggling with that, reach out to us, hello at gracefellowshipinternational.com. I'd love to get that resource to you. Um all right, let's get a little bit of practical here. Um, so one of the things that's worked for me, John, if I know that I'm going to be in a place, and I'll just use the third one, with someone that's hurt me. So again, whether that's church, I used to have this when I was pastoring people at the church that would hurt me. But let's say, you know, let's say I'm going into the holiday and I know that some of my rejections has come from an individual that I'm going to be around because all the family are getting together. You know, here it is, and I'm I'm just going to use a date because it's December the 11th when we're recording this. Begin to surrender now. Like, begin to say to the Lord, Lord, I want to surrender Christmas to you because I'm going to have to be around thus. Or, I want to surrender Christmas to you because I'm going to remember mom and it's going to be a sad time. Don't wait and react to the emotion when it happens. Be proactive in responding by surrendering now when you're listening to the podcast about what you fear could happen on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the birthday that's coming up, last Thanksgiving, whatever that may be. And I just think that's where it's practical because, again, surrender, and and if, if you need some more understanding, go back and listen to episode 16 because we talk about how surrender is not passivity. So this is not, oh, you want me to stick my head in the sand for the whole holiday season? No. I want you to thrive in the midst of the holiday season. And so thriving is using the mind of Christ. Surviving is allowing God to do in and through you what you cannot do in and of and through yourself. You weren't meant to. So if Romans 8, the power that raised the dead, who raised Christ from the dead is in you, use that surrender that person, surrender that stress, surrender that performance-based identity of, you know, I got to be the best aunt, so I know everybody else is buying a $15 gift, but I'm going to buy a $50 gift. In fact, that's not making you look good. That's making you look bad because now, you know, and, and you're, you're just adding on to things that you don't need to add on to. So 
surrender all of that over to the Lord and let him speak truth over you. Let him speak peace over you. Let him take that anxiety because, you know, when you were talking about uh, Philippians and, and you were talking about verses, you know, 4, 13 and 19, don't forget 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. He's still writing that from the jail. He didn't, he didn't write that and then get out of jail and write the others. So, because I would think, John, if I was in jail, I'd be anxious, especially if I'm in a Roman jail. I'm probably calling you and I'm like, dear John, I'm anxious I'm afraid. What's going to happen? Why haven't you brought the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines to come get me out of here? Right? I mean, that's what I'm doing. Where's the lawyer? I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't even do anything, but yet he says, "Be anxious for nothing." And then he talks about how it's the peace of God that that's going to change everything. So, Mark, the themes that we discuss uh, during these podcast episodes about Christ as our source of living. Um, trusting Christ to live in and through us, we're saying that these are very relevant in these holidays, which are happy holidays for most people. Sometimes there's a degree of sadness and stress that can come with it. But let's just use this as an opportunity to uh, apply these principles of surrendering and trusting, Mm -hmm. knowing that Christ is my source. And so I can approach these holidays in whatever my, my culture, my family, my personal schedule requires in a way that glorifies God and shows his love to others. And it's not about um, me having um, a particular skill set as much as me doing it in terms of this abiding attitude with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, John, it's usually at this time that we have a glimpse of grace, and you have one for us today. Well, this morning I was watching a video about Hanukkah, and as we record this, we're in the midst of Um, the Hanukkah celebration, the time when the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are remembering that in about 165 B.C., uh, there was a um, time of intense persecution for uh, the people of Israel as uh, this wicked Syrian king oppressed them, and and there was all kinds of uh, heartache going on, and and, uh, they were trying to impose Greek culture and forbid uh, worshiping God according to the Scriptures. And the Maccabees led a heroic revolt against Syria in an amazing victory. You know, they're outnumbered about five to one, and somehow they were able to gain their independence from this oppression. By the way, you can see this prophetically described in Daniel chapter 11. And uh, when they did reclaim uh, use and ownership of the temple, then it needed to be rededicated to God. And so as they lit um, the candelabra, there was a crisis because they only had one container of oil that was sanctified and ready to use, uh, and yet there needed to be an eight-day period uh, for more oil to be provided. And so, according to legend, uh, that one container of oil lasted for eight days. And so now Jewish people around the world will light a candle for every day of these eight days. And by the way, it's there's a, a ninth candle, uh, Mark, it's called the servant candle, and that's the one you use to light the others. And from a New Covenant perspective, we would say that Jesus is the servant candle. He says, I am the light of the world. John chapter 5, the Lord is actually uh, in Jerusalem for this feast, we read in John chapter 5. So as I was watching this video, I had a real uh, gratitude in my heart uh, for uh, Jewish 
uh, men and women we've had the privilege of fellowshipping with and discipling over the years. And one in particular comes to mind is my friend Alan, who was raised in Morocco. And uh, he and his wife were living in southern Ontario when my wife and I were serving at uh, Winona Gospel Church. And I remembered as he visited the church and filled out his visitor card and I got to visit him, found out that uh, his employer had given him a Bible, and he was reading the Bible and coming to faith. And as so he took that step into receiving Yeshua, Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. Mm. It was such a privilege uh, uh, to see that um, salvation um, discovery in Alan's life. And then I got the privilege of opening Isaiah chapter 53 with him for the first time. Wow. Alan, have you ever seen this passage, you know? All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's mm. talking about the Messiah seven centuries ahead of time. Wow. And Alan just uh, was so enthralled with the Scripture, studied it um, diligently, and it was such a joy to see Alan and Marlene grow in their faith. He became uh, equipped as a church leader and then elder. Then he got training as a pastor, was a associate pastor in Ontario and a pastor in British Columbia, for a number of years. So, Alan, if you're listening, uh, blessings to you, my friend. And it was such a privilege to see how he could take his Jewish culture and awareness of Hebrew tradition and see how it was fulfilled in the New Covenant. Yeah. So, uh, as we record this, the war is still raging in Israel and Gaza, so we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for God's mercy, and all those who are being oppressed there. And so, uh, let's just continue to pray uh, for a peaceful resolution there, and that Jew and Gentile would all come to know Jesus as the Prince of Peace. Yeah. Let me close in prayer for all of us as we are entering into this holiday season. Father, I want to thank you for the truth of life. And I'm so grateful that you never leave us, you never forsake us, that you do give us strength, you do give us peace. I'm grateful Father, that you've blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, that you call us saints, that you call us uh, and you choose us, that you adopted us, which means we are secure and that we are accepted in you. And so, Father, you know, as we're entering into the holidays, I pray that everyone listening to this would not survive it, but thrive in it. And I pray for those who are dealing with grief. Uh, Maybe they've lost someone or they've lost something. And uh, I, I just I pray for them, Father, for those that are just stressed out. You know, it's all of the things to do and places to go and things to buy and, you know, all of these things that really we should find some happiness in, but it, it tends to bring us more stress than not. And then for those who, you know, this holiday season is is going to require them to be in spaces where those who have rejected them and those who have hurt them Uh, are going to be present. And so, Holy Spirit, I I just pray for peace, your peace, your supernatural peace that would be with them. I I pray for those who, um, you know, would would, would just be uh, overcome, God, with, with your joy. And, um, and Lord, we just, we just want to pray for them, Lord, that they would forgive those that need forgiveness and, and, and still work on, you know, this, this process of trust, Lord. And I just pray, help us all to surrender our grief, surrender our stress and surrender our hurts to you. And, and not that that is, you know, us putting our head in the sand, but it is us trusting you in the midst of difficulty. It's trusting you in the midst of extravagance and is trusting you in every single situation 
because you are good and you are God. You are our Lord, our Savior, and our very life. And so I just pray, God, for every one of the listeners here of Glimpses of Grace. May your blessings, may your favor, uh, and may your anointing be over them this holiday season and for every day of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Glimpses of Grace. We pray today guided you into a more complete and victorious identity in Christ. If you would like more information about Grace Fellowship International, please visit us online at www.gracefellowshipinternational.com. If you would like to contact us, please send us an email, hello at gracefellowshipinternational.com. We hope you have a great day.